Hello, everyone. Good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time of this recording. This is episode 37 of the Restricted Zone podcast, and I'm with my fellow co-hosts today. But before we get to the introductions, we have a special guest from Temple University. He's live. Brian, introduce yourself, man. Hey, how's it going, guys? I appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah, just been a good friend, Collins at Temple. Um, invited me on the on the podcast to talk some football, basketball, I talk. And then we definitely glad to have you there, man. Can't wait for you to show off. And you know, Kyrie, introduce yourself, man. Yo, yo, what's how's everybody doing? Big facts. K Chris, introduce yourself, man. What's up, y'all? Sorry for the short haters. Glad to be back. <laughs> right, big fans. We're glad to have you back, man. So today's episode, we're going to talk about a lot of football and a lot of basketball. But we're going to start off on the football side. We're going to start off with the NFL draft that just recently happened. You know, we're going to talk about the NFC division. We're going to give our own take and analysis and opinions on the picks. And then we will cover uh, the AFC division in the next episode. So starting off with the NFC division, we're going to go with the Packers. You know, they made a lot of draft, draft selections. And but the most notable one, you know, that caught a lot of people's eyes the first round was Eric Strokes, the cornerback from Georgia. I mean, just give me your thoughts on what do you guys think he'll do for the Packers and how he fits with the team. I mean, I'll go ahead, Chris, if you want to go ahead and take over that one. I mean, I'm not gonna say it was a bad pick because I mean, after watching last year, Kevin King obviously ain't it. And I would try to tell people that Kevin King wasn't it even before he got exposed against the Buccaneers. So I understand why they went around of a cornerback. Uh, but with that being said, um, they have a they are missing a lot of pieces on the offensive side that they should have addressed, even especially since you know all these Aaron Rodgers rooms have been flying out out of nowhere and stuff. So I while I understand the pick, and I think it somewhat does make sense for the team because they do need a cornerback to pair with Jair Alexander. Uh, mm-hmm. I felt as though they should have gone with maybe offensive linemen because they lost. Um, they lost. I know they lost one offensive lineman this summer to the Chargers, or get Aaron Rodgers another weapon outside of Devontae Adams. That that's just me. Like I said I understand the pick, but I don't think it was the right choice to make at that time. That sounds fair. I mean, I, I I don't see anything wrong with what you take, especially. I mean, Brian. I mean, what's your? I mean, did you did you like the Aristos picks? Was that a, like a surprising pick for you? When well, he- yeah, I mean, quarterback was a, was one of the biggest needs of that team, and they took two of them in the draft. Um, you know, at first round, you take the highest guy on the board, fill the biggest need on your team, especially at a position like cornerback when you need a lot of them. And, you know, yeah, they were getting burnt, burnt this past season. They took two of them. And they did need some offensive linemen. They took Josh Myers, the center, it's at, uh, in the second round. Um, a guy who played you know, Ohio State product who play well. And, you know, I – yeah, like like you said, Chris needed a wide receiver on the other side of Devontae Adams, and I thought they got a pretty good guy at a pretty good spot in the draft. Uh, third round, Clemson, Amari Rodgers. I mean, that's a good good I ball. I like player. that pick too. Yeah, bro. yeah in a good spot. Yeah. Number eighty five overall. He probably could have gone higher, but um, yeah. Well, I'm okay with Brian. I want to stick on you before I get to you, Kyrie. So you mentioned. Uh, you had mentioned Amari Rodgers. So how do you think if Aaron Rodgers does, you know, decide to stay with the Packers, which is really undecided, we'll talk about yeah. that. How do you think he works with Aaron Rodgers? You think he'll be able to utilize his skills? Like, what well, yeah, I, I mean, being on the other side of the ball from Devontae Adams is is huge because that's one of the best wide receivers in the league, and that spreads the coverage. Amari Rodgers isn't going to go up against the number one cornerback on every team that they play. That's going to help him, you know, get involved. And they've also got really other good – 
offensive weapons uh, at, in the wide receiver room at running back that, that you know, defense has got to pay attention to. So, you know, um, okay. it'll, it'll play well. All right, Especially that's with Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball. Especially with Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball. Yeah. Can't agree with you on that one. I mean, Kyrie, I mean, tell me what's your thoughts about Eric Stokes. He's the guy. You thought that was the right pick for the Packers. How does he fit in this situation right now? So I feel like – so from first watching the draft, I feel like I had the same reaction a lot of people had when they went with another – when they went with they went with a cornerback, and everybody knows it's well known that Aaron Rodgers has been pleading for another wide receiver, another weapon on the outside like you guys been mentioning. But um, from seeing some footage on him and seeing, like, really what he can do, I I, I can really see him fitting on them as, well, like, pretty much any team because he – He's a really good shutdown corner. He's not going to get you a lot of picks or a lot of pass deflections, but he's going to shut his man down. And um, that's what I really liked about him uh, coming in. I, but I, I got to kind of agree with Chris. I, I don't, I'm not sure if this was the right time to pick him. So I, I'm still kind of mixed on it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really mixed on, on it. I'm, I'm sure he's going to do well. But as far as, like, long-term effects from it, uh, like we all know, like what we're going to touch on later, Aaron Rodgers, he's not really too pleased about it. He even uh, asked to be – he even said he's not going to – he doesn't want to be on the Packers anymore, but he's even showing some mixed emotions about that too. Hmm. So it's it, it's a pretty tricky situation. I'm not sure. Eric Stokes himself I think is a great player, but I don't know um, if this situa- situation might end up being the best for him because of everything going around with the Packers organization right now. That sounds fair. I mean, like I said, I think, you know, it's a it's a 50-50, but, you know, it depends on the situation and the type of schemes the you know, the defense according to Packers does. You know, they make for him, which, you know, it's to utilize his skill at the highest level. So whether or not uh, the defensive coordinator is able to help with that, you know, it's going to be Eric Stosa's, you know, fortune, you know, make it or break it. But we're going to move on to the next team in the NFC division. We're going by record. So the Packers had the best record. And now we have the New Orleans Saints. They were 12 and 4. They had a lot of draft selections. Uh, most notably, they had Peyton Turner from Houston, a defensive end with the first pick in the, in the 28 selection. I mean, what's you guys thought on Peyton Turner? Because I'm really high on him, man. I feel like that was the I think that was New Orleans' best pick. You know, you know, that could be debatable. You guys could also say Paulson uh Debo from the cornerback from Stanford. You could throw him out there, but I think Peyton Turner was definitely a great pick for the uh, New Orleans Saints. I mean, what's your thoughts on that, Brian? I mean, yeah, I mean, that defensive line is going to be ridiculous. You got Cam Jordan on the other side of it and the young guy in Peyton Turner. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's a good team already. The Saints made a run in the playoffs last year. And, obviously, they are not. They don't have Drew Brees anymore. They've had Drew Brees for as long as I can remember. But um, they're still going to be a good team as long as they can find some good QB play. Uh, and they took Ian Book in the fourth round yeah. from out of Notre Dame. It's going to be interesting yep. with him. I, well, yeah, I really don't know how, what to think about this guy because I watched him play on Notre Dame, and I think he got a little too much hype, really just because he's on Notre Dame. You know, that team always, <laughs> that team always gets a lot of hype. But – um, A lot of hype, though. Yeah, they're, he's in a room with with Taysom Hill and uh, who's the other guy that they got? And they're Jameis Winston. Um, they're all guys that – you don't want to invest your future in a, at, the, at the quarterback position, but they're all guys that can compete. Obviously, Taysom Hill makes plays, and he played quarterback. He started at quarterback when Drew Brees was hurt this past season. So, you know, they got guys to compete in there and you know, to hold the team down. But yeah, a, I do like that first-round pick, Peyton Turner. 
can never go wrong with picking a defensive end in the first round. I mean, those guys take over games. Absolutely. Can't disagree with you on that one. I mean, Kyrie, Peyton Turner, do you love the pick as much as I do? Or are you so like Talk to me. So I, I didn't know too much about Peyton Turner coming in, but looking at like his measurables and the numbers he put up, he's coming in at 6'6", 270. Like having somebody that big on your line is always a plus. And he, that's just another – that's just going to be another key piece of the Saints' already powerful defense that we've seen in action this past season. Um, I, I really want to touch on the, uh, the pick that Ian booked that, uh, that Brian had, had, uh, had mentioned because I really thought that was a good pick finding him in the fourth round. I watched a little bit, a little bit of him last year too. And he, I think he could, I think he uh, needs a little bit of tweaking also, like as far as pocket awareness. But I think he has a really good arm, and I think if he, if he's put in a system like this where he's going to have guys like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara around him, I think he's really going to, I think he's really going to uh, have all the pieces around him to succeed. And the Saints, the Saints are really going to put him in a position to succeed once it's his time to shine. I, I and I couldn't agree anymore. I mean, I definitely, I definitely feel like your statement definitely has some ground to it. But, you know, it's always in the future, so we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Chris, <laughs> New Orleans Saints, you know, how you feel about the draft selections? And are you are you in love with that pick as much as I am, the defensive end? I'm not going to say I'm in love with the pick, but it was a smart, it was the smartest thing to do for them, especially since they lost Trey Hendrickson to the Bengals this offseason. So they need somebody to replace him on the line. Plus, you know, Cameron Jordan is aging, so they kind of need his replacement. And since the – Two better D line uh, defensive ends, in my opinion, the draft already got taken. Since they need somebody online, I feel like it was the safest pick. And I mean, he's probably gonna come in, and I think he's gonna come in. He's, I think he's gonna be like a Trey Hendrickson. He's not gonna like really get off to a good start, but once he really finds his foot in his rhythm in that system, he's gonna do pretty well for that team. That sounds fair, pretty solid. So, how do you feel about the the New Orleans Saints coming up this season? How you how you what you give an estimated prediction on their record this season coming up? What do you think? I mean, I would still probably – I would say – I think they could win 10 or 11 games still. I mean, just because their team their team is complete, even though they don't have a quarterback as of this point, because I don't trust Taysom Hill. And, I mean, Jameis Winston, we know what he can do. Right. But their team is still pretty complete. If anything, they're, they're as of right now, they're a quarterback away from being the Super Bowl champions. Yeah, exactly. Whatever happens with that team, it's going to revolve around how, however the quarterback's playing. Because everything's around them. They just got to play well. All right, all right. Okay, that sounds fair. So we're going to go on to the next team. Uh, the same record as the New Orleans Saints in the NFC division, the Seattle Seahawks, 12-4. and four. Now, they only had three dress selections, and they had one. He came from Central – excuse me, I think it was Central Michigan, I believe. I'd have to I, think I think it's Western. It's Western Michigan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I cannot pronounce his last name for the life of me. I don't know if you guys want to come help me. I don't want to embarrass myself. It's uh, Eskridge, uh, yeah. Dwayne Eskridge. Eskridge, yeah. Eskridge. So I really didn't want to bear. I'll try to practice a little bit, but yeah. So what's your thoughts, you know, as him as a wide, as a wide receiver and how does he help the Seattle Seahawks? More importantly, how does he help, you know, their quarterback, Russell Wilson? What's your thoughts? Oh, I'm going to go ahead on this one first because yeah. I actually really like watching the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, Russell, Russell Wilson is actually my favorite quarterback. So, um, I, I actually had mixed emotions about this, though. I think not having a first round pick kind of uh, kind of hurt them in a way. I think they really needed to needed to address their defense, which is, has taken it took a step back from the uh, from the dynamic defense that we've seen years ago, back around like the 2014, 2013 era, the Legion of Boom. So I really I really wanted to see them take a uh, take a, like another defensive end because their their D line is pretty soft now. 
But um, a guy like Dwayne Eskers, I think he's going to be another good piece for Russell Wilson because he's he he has a four three, he runs a four three uh forty, and he's really fast and explosive and dynamic. And I think like just being under the tutelage of a quarterback like that and being in a uh, being in an organization like the Seahawks under coach like Pete Carroll, I think he's really going to find his way in the league and he's going to find a way to contribute fast for the uh, for the Seahawks. Okay, that's a great analysis on them. That one that that gave me pretty much in depth of who he is as a player. I mean, Brian, what's your thoughts on? Yeah, I mean, we've seen Russell Wilson make great wide receivers out of honestly normal like any guys. We, we that's true. Up until DK Metcalf, you know, he's been making this team relevant year after year with you know guys like Doug Baldwin and you know Lockett. I mean, they weren't any anything absolutely special, but he made them good just because of how good of a quarter of a quarterback he is. And that's you know, true. having this guy, I really don't know too much about him coming out of Western Michigan, but. Um, him being able to be on the other side from DK Metcalf is is really going to help him. And obviously, Russell Wilson, as long as Russell Wilson's still on that team, uh, him throwing that ball, uh, it's going to help him out. And so he should be exciting to watch. But yeah, they do um, they do have a need on the offensive line, which is huge. Um, and <laughs> as much as Russell Wilson almost doesn't need an offensive line, this man goes all over the field, making throw from anywhere. We've seen him do it. Day after day, it's crazy. But um, that man's starting to get old. I mean, we've been watching him play for a while, and if you can't protect him, he's going to start getting hurt, and obviously you can't make throws when you're under pressure. We see that all the time. Uh, so maybe they'll be able to make, you know, address the offensive line. They did take a tackle um, at 208. Um, nothing spectacular to help out that line, but they need that big time. It's going to be huge. All right, great points, and definitely uh... – you know, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how, you know, he plays inside, you know, Seattle Hawks offensive system. I really can't wait for that, you know, coming from Western Michigan. So, you know, is there any prospects that you feel like came out of Western Michigan that made it this high? Anything that you guys can think of? Anything um, in mind? I can't think of anybody that's ever come out of Western Michigan. I could be wrong. I could be thinking of the wrong school, but where did Antonio Brown go again? Central. So, okay, yeah, close enough. Okay. Yeah, Western Michigan. I don't know. Not a lot of guys come to mind. I mean, hopefully, hopefully Dwayne becomes that guy. Hopefully, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I really am rooting for him. Yeah. Chris, what's your thoughts about you know the this particular wide receiver going to the Seahawks? You know, Dwayne uh, Eskridge. How do you feel about him and the other selections the Seahawks made? I mean, I kind of agree with what both Brian and um. Kyrie said, I mean, it's like, it's not a bad pick. I won't say that. I mean, I feel like they didn't need another wide receiver outside of Metcalf and Lager. So I'm not mad that they picked him, but there are a lot bigger needs for that team than a wide receiver right now. Like you said, the offensive line really isn't that good. Even though Russ Wilson can make plays all day, all day, every day, no problem. The defensive line was one of the worst in the league because they really didn't have a good pass rush. So you could have drafted somebody for the line. Outside of Bobby Wagner, the linebacker core is okay, maybe at best and not that, but the secondary did not play well last year. And they, and they just lost some Shaquille Griffin to the Jaguars. So now you got yeah. a quarterback to fill. So it was like, it was like, I'm not, it wasn't a bad pick, but again, you, it's more important things you need than a wide receiver. You know what? Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't even, I didn't even see it from that, uh, from that side. You know, that's a great analysis on Chris's part. I mean, all right, that's that's pretty fair. That's pretty fair. So now we go to the reigning champs, the reigning champs, the <laughs> Bay Buccaneers. Man, Lodge is here. He'd have a field day killing us. But 
He's not. I don't know if that's a blessing in disguise. I'm not sure. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have one pick in the first round. Name is Joe Tyron. He's an offensive linebacker from Washington. Just what's your thoughts? They made they made six six selections overall in this draft. So, but what's your thoughts about their first round selection? Can I go first? Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, real quickly. Does it even matter who they picked in the first round? To be honest with you, they, they got yes, honestly. They just brought they basically they basically just brought him in to take over for Levante David because he's getting older. That's basically it. That's really it. So this is no it serves no purpose. Okay. In, in my opinion, I don't think it serves. I don't think it really matters. But that's just me. Let, let, yeah. let me see what Brian thinks. That's true. Think? I mean, yeah, you're right, because they're, they're already such a complete team. I mean, they just won the Super Bowl, and everyone's coming back. Everyone's coming back. Um, you know, Taking pay cuts, they're getting all their weapons, getting back. They're, they're running back, and they're ready to go. So, you know, in this draft, they're just – you just take the best guy available, you know. Well, yeah, whoever, you know, fill some depth spots. But, um, yeah, you can see them take Kyle Trask at number at 64 overall, still available in the second round. That's crazy. Because Tom Brady. Okay, that's a steal. Low key. That, is a steal. Definitely, that definitely was a steal. Yeah. I mean, that definitely was, was a steal. He was being absolutely hyped up. Like, you, you're getting a lot of talk in the beginning of the college football season. He died off a little bit towards the end because they were talking about him for the Heisman and then, you know, other guys that were, yeah, they were playing better. But Kyle Trask is a great quarterback. And Tom Brady, man, I. It's, it's funny. Tom Brady's not going to be around for long, but honestly, he's proven that wrong every single year. So who knows? But Kyle Trask gets to train as a rookie and learn underneath Tom Brady. And then once Tom Brady retires, now they got Kyle Trask. Look, that's crazy. I mean, it, man, I'm really scared. I mean, they might just – you feel like they could go back in the, go back to the Super Bowl? No problem? Oh, oh definitely. They yeah, won. they should easily be contenders. All right. No edits. You don't see no competition. Usually, you always have a fierce There's competition. competition, but you know they will be. They'll be contending. They'll be okay. I mean, yeah, they seen competition in the Saints last year. Then, then we seen what happened. That's true. Yeah, everything changes every year. Who knows? I think Colin might have. Uh, I think Colin might have. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I think the next team that was on the list was the uh the Washington football team. If y'all guys want to give your uh your analysis on their picks, yeah, we can do that right now. Uh, I'll go first. I I really like Jamin Davis. He was he was actually one of my favorite players to watch in college football. So him going to the Washington football team, who has already has like a nice def a pretty complete defense, I think just elevates it even more to possibly making it a leap if he comes in and does what he's supposed to do. But that being said. Again, even though I really like him going to that team, they have a lot of holes they need to fill as well outside of defense. Right. So, like, I mean, I know, like, the offensive line is decent. I mean, they got a pretty cool running game. But outside of Terry McLaurin, I don't know what other receiver they have. Yeah, they do. They have tons of holes everywhere. And yeah, they took positions and all over the place. You got to talk about the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, talk about the quarterback is always going to be a situation for them. Oh man, I mean, listen. So I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna piggyback off Chris because I really like the Jamin Davis pick too, especially since he's gonna be back like behind guys like Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne. As an Eagles fan, that defense, that defensive lineup sounds really, really scary. But um, yeah, considering the holes that they have on offense, you, you can kind of nitpick there and say that they, you, they might need another. They should have went with another receiver. But I, I'm not. I'm not mad at their approach of building up their defense first, and then worrying about their offense later. Because 
if you, I feel like if you're if you see your team is not going to be able to put up a lot of points on the board, the, the least you can do is stop other teams from putting up points on the board. I think that's what the Washington football team is doing. So I think that's going to be one of those teams this year where a lot of teams run into them. It's just going to be like just a slug out and it's going to be like a low scoring game. And I think that's I think that's going to be their niche if they want to get back into contention and yeah. get back to relevancy. Defense wins championships for that. That's for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, Davis posted some really eye-opening stats. He had a 4.47 40-yard dash, a 42-inch vertical, and 11-foot broad jump. Like, yeah, super athletic, super athletic. is like his, his combine was up there with like in the rare terms, for, you know, for his position and his size, and, you know, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, I mean, listen, I think they made a great, great, so great first round selection with him. I mean, Brian, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, uh, anyone, they just take the best. Like, they got so many holes anywhere. Best player available will probably be hidden, you know, something that they need. I do like the wide receiver pick, uh, pick Diami, Diami Brown, you know, outside Terry McLaurin. They got no, no weapons for anyone. Um, this guy, I'm pretty sure I watched this guy uh, two years ago because he's from North Carolina in the – uh, military bowl. They played Temple down in Annapolis, and Sam Howell. It was Sam Howell. He was still for true freshman at the time, but they had so many good receivers, and they were absolutely destroying Temple's defense. Once I said it might have been this guy. I can't remember who it was, but one of these guys absolutely mossed Sam Franklin, who plays for the Panthers now in the in the end zone. And Sam Franklin, Franklin just turned around, and dapped him up like, dude, that was a nice job. Um, but yeah, yeah, Diami Brown, nice wide receiver out of North Carolina. I, you know, watching them play, they were ridiculous. Okay. I'm also really excited to see uh, State pick Shaka Tony at 246 overall. Guy who I thought he was going to go higher out of Penn State. He's a Philly guy, um, grew up in Philly, really cool guy. And I'm pretty sure it was Imhotep that he I went know. to, Imhotep Charter. I think that's where he went. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I was excited to see him go there because he was sliding and, um, I remember Micah Parsons to Micah Parsons tweeted in the middle of the draft, like, why is Shaka Tony still on the board? So nice pick for them to, you know, they picked two defensive ends back to back, you know, definitely a need for them there. Um, I'm pretty sure Ryan Kerrigan isn't on that team anymore. Right. Did he retire or is he still around? Uh, I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure. I want to, I want to say I, I could be wrong, but I want to say he, he's not there anymore. And that's, that leaves a big hole. Cause I was, he was one of the best players on that team for a long time. Listen, Brian, I feel like – wait, before I even go, what's your thoughts about the Washington Redskins – I mean, not the Redskins, the Washington football team overall? <laughs> what's your thoughts on the Washington Yeah, well, you know what? They got hype. They got so much hype at the end of the season because, I mean, uh, what's the quarterback's name? <laughs> the guy that was playing in the XFL, he came in and lit everything up. Um, uh, I think it about him. But, yeah, they, they had no business being in the playoffs and – I don't, I don't really see them doing anything major this offseason to make them any better. You know, not, none of those teams in that division had any business being in the playoffs, but someone's got to go. That's true. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a joke, but. It's a joke. All right. It is. It is what it is. So, we're going to move on to the next team in the NFC, the Los Angeles Rams. They traded Jared yeah. Goff. They got rid of him. Traded him away. Uh, how you guys feel about the quarterback now? How do you think he compares to uh, Jared Goff? I mean, Matthew Stafford, he, he's, he's finally going to have some weapons and, and, and a real coach and a real organization around him. So I can't wait to see what he, do, what he does over there. 
I, I mean, Chris has been vouching for him as like the most underrated quarterback. You know, all he needs is the right situation. Chris, I know you loving this one. Talk to me, Chris. Listen, man, I, I agree. He only had one really good team in Detroit. For real. Mm. For real. And yeah. that was, wait, what year was that? Was that the um what year was that? That was the year they that they, you know, they should have beat the Cowboys, but uh, yeah, yeah. 2014, if I'm not mistaken, right? That sounds about right. Yeah. One of those Megatron years. Megatron. Yeah, yeah they're supposed to be the Cowboys, and you know that nonsense happened, they didn't win. But like I said, he is I believe he is the most underrated quarterback in the entire league because nobody talks about him, but he puts up he could put up all pro numbers every year. He can. He does. And now he's in the now. I don't like his wide receiver. I like his wide receiver situation a little bit. I'm skeptical on Robert Woods because he gets hurt a lot, but I really like Cooper Cup. Yeah. I really do like Cooper Cup, but I also know that they need a deep threat because Matthew Stafford likes to do- throw those long balls a lot. Well, so, since you mentioned the you know the, the wide receivers, their first, their second round selection, they didn't have a first round selection. They drafted Tutu Atwell, a wide receiver from Louisville. You know, who's getting some traction during the uh, the draft combines and the workouts, but he's getting some hype. So I just wanted to touch on your thoughts on you know Tutu Atwell. Oh, oh, in, oh man, oh, it might get bad. It might get bad in LA. Then it might get bad. It, might get, <laughs> <laughs> it could possibly get bad in LA. That's all I can say. Tutu Atwell, man. I mean, listen, he's the guy who was picking up some steam ahead of the draft, and you know the the Los Angeles Rams didn't hesitate to pick him with their only selection in the second round. You know, and I mean, just what's your thoughts on them, Brian? Like, what do you what what can you tell me about him? Tell me what you like about him. Um. Man, you know, I don't really, I'm not going to lie. I don't know too much about all these guys, but taking a wide receiver at one, sure, for Matt Stafford, it's gonna be, the team's going to be interesting because, honestly, that that trade just surprised me. I don't know why. Well, it didn't surprise me. It just I didn't see it coming. Because this is a young quarterback, Jared Goff, getting traded over for a much better quarterback, but a guy who's getting a little older and uh, just, you know, hurt a lot. It's tough to see, but I honestly I would rather have a healthy Matt Stafford than than Jared Goff. So it's just interesting to see how that goes. And they, yeah, they took two wide receivers in this draft, linebacker, couple positions all over the place. Um, and they're a good team. They just they took a dip in the last year or two after being in the in the Super Bowl. Um, but they'll 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 be competitive. They'll they'll play well. They're in a good division. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got. I got one last question, but I'm gonna get to Kyrie's first, and then I'm gonna ask you guys collectively. Go ahead, Kyrie. What's your thoughts about Tutu Atwell? Why sure. So, I feel like when you when you give a guy like Sean McVay, um, another guy like Tutu Allen, who I mean Tutu Atwell, who runs a four three, I think it, I feel like it's just a match made of heaven because you could just think about all the all the. Uh, how do I how do I explain this? Uh, basically, you know the scheme. Like, his, like his scheme, he, he's able to use a lot of guys in a lot of different ways. You see that with guys like Cooper Cup, too, who have run a jet sweep, and he'll use the speed to get to the outside and, and pick up a lot of yards. So I could definitely see him doing some things along that lines with a guy like this. He, he needs to get his weight up a little bit. I see he only measured it at like like a buck 55. Like the play in the NFL, I, I weighed that in middle school. The play, the play that, <laughs> the way that in the NFL, like you really, you really got to, he, he just has to get his weight up to be able to take a hit. But I think, but then again, like Devontae Smith, that that attributes well to his speed and agility. So you don't want to you don't want to beef him up too much. Like you got to find a balance there. But I think a guy like with that type of speed and like that, man, he's he's that dynamic with the ball in his hands. I think he's he's gonna be a really good fit there. 
I agree with you 110%. And this is the question I wanted to throw out with you. The Los Angeles Rams, how dangerous do you think they'll be this upcoming season? Are we looking at Super Bowl aspirations or what? Go ahead, Chris. Your favorite quarterback. Well, not your favorite quarterback, but the most respected quarterback on there. I mean, you have to. I, I think they're obviously contenders based on that defense alone. They got the, I mean, they got a, they, they had the best defensive player in the world and the best cornerback in the world on the same team. Obviously, they're contenders. And the rest of the defense isn't any slouchers either. Uh, so yeah, they, they're contenders. I honestly think they're going to beat the Seahawks for the NFC West, but yeah, I, I think they're contenders definitely. Awesome. Okay. Brian, what's your thoughts on the Los Angeles Rams? I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be talking about Super Bowl. It's just tough. I mean, 10, 10 and six last year. But you gotta understand they got Matthew Stafford now and they got some new got Matthew Stafford. And it's, it's, it's really tough. It's tough. Definitely be better. Could be making a playoff run. You're definitely in the playoffs, but were they in the playoffs last year? They were in the playoffs. They lost to the Seahawks in the first round. They also, yeah, that's right. Definitely a playoff team, and they've got other good teams in that division. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say Super Bowl, and I can't. Uh, that's just my first reaction. It's hard to say Super Bowl when you look at the NFC and you got other teams like the Saints, the Bucks, who actually just yeah. won it, the Packers, the Seahawks, the, the Cardinals look like they're on the up and up now. Like it's just yeah. it's just hard. Like it, it's hard to like just pin Super Bowl on them. I don't want to give them like too high um, expectations because it's going to be their first year with the new quarterback. And we, we just got to see how that we just got to see how that works out. I think it's a little too early to, to kind of to kind of say now. All right. That's completely. Oh man, he did it again. We're gonna move on to the next. We're gonna move on to the next team, guys. The next team on this list is the uh, Chicago Bears. The, so Justin Fields. I mean, let me know what you guys think. Man, <laughs> listen, man. I know Trevor Lawrence in the draft, but I think the Bears had the best draft selection out here, real for real. That's all I'm gonna say. There are a lot of people saying that. And they traded up. They traded up. I mean, listen, you got to look at it from this standpoint. Was the last quarterback the Bears drafted was a guy. I mean, I think Chris was vouching for, for, for Mr. Trubisky at one point. I think he was saying he was a pretty solid quarterback. Yeah, and he fell off. You know, he was a Pro Bowl in 2016. That's pretty solid, isn't it? Yeah, to a certain extent. To a certain extent. But how you guys feel about Justin Fields? Obviously, he's, he's way superior to Mr. Trubisky. It's not even a competition. How do you think he'll do? with the Chicago Bears and how is he able to elevate them back into, you know, playoff contention and possibly in the future making a Super Bowl run? I mean, I want to throw that up to Brian. What's I mean, you- yeah, they're they're a lot better team with him on now. They were 8-8 eight eight last year. Get, add a couple wins to that, you know, maybe a 10-6 and six team because they've got a lot of good weapons on that offense and they've already got a great defense, very solid defense. Um, you know, we'll be throwing Allen Robinson, who we weren't sure if he was going to be on that team, but if I were Allen Robinson, Justin Fields just got drafted. I'd be a, a little bit better staying in at least another year. Um, Allen Robinson, and they got they got good guys in the backfield, David Montgomery. So, you know, obviously they haven't had consistent quarterback play recently, and they still have managed to win games. They, I remember, they started off the, this past season pretty hot, but, you know, fell off yeah, a little they, bit. They got their defense to stay for that. Yeah, exactly. Really good defense. You know, you got Khalil Mack back there, and that guy – Absolute beast. Um, but, yeah, they were honestly a, putting a, co- a consistent, good quarterback back there is going to do a lot of good things for this team. 
and they got some O-line help for him, which is a big need for that team. You know, if you got a young quarterback and you want him to be the future guy, you know, you got to protect him. And he's also sitting underneath – well, not underneath, but he's going to be in that room, that quarterback room with a lot of good guys to learn from, and Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, two guys that you don't really want them to be your quarterback of the future but they're a good quarterback. And Andy Dalton is, I think, a great backup quarterback right now because he can come in and play a couple good games. He's not going to play consistently good for 16, 17 games now. But um, he's a veteran. He's a smart player. He can play well for a couple games. So uh, Fields has got a good guy to learn underneath. Absolutely, 110%. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward on Justin Fields. I feel like he's going to definitely elevate the Chicago Bears. I mean, I mean, I know Kyrie, you, you had said something. I didn't quite hear what you had said, but what's your thoughts about Justin Fields? So, yeah, I, I, love from, I love what I've seen from Justin Fields these past couple of years. Um, he was a guy that was like, – all, all season long, he was seen as the second-best quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence. But all of a sudden, February comes, and he's ranked the third or fourth-best quarterback. And – those are those are upon other reasons we we, we could talk about another time. But I, I still always see him as the second best quarterback in this draft. I think the Bears they finally smartened up and they did the, they did the best thing possible in moving up the trade for him. And I don't want to set the expectations too high. He's not going to got his, he's not going to be a guy that comes in right away, especially with the team that, that still has holes like them and bring them to a, a playoffs and win them a playoff game. I don't see him doing that right off the bat. I think he's going to have to be immersed into that role behind Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. And they're just going to have to build around. They're just going to get have to have, get more electric, uh, more electric receivers and maybe another back like around him. Like just so their offenses are so stale still. But him himself, he'll he'll kind of he'll kind of fix that because he's a guy that can run out of the pocket. He can run and, and extend the play and throw the ball deep. So I, I think that was the perfect fit for them. I think they, they learned they lesson from passing on Deshaun Watson a couple years ago. Oh man, is that mm. kicking them right now? Yeah. Is that they, 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 hey, if they would have that's all they, they all they had to do was be was draft him and they wouldn't even have to be in the in talks like this past uh like this offseason and, and trying to sign him if the if the uh, Texans were to get rid of him or anything. There was some rumors about you know Russell Wilson potentially going there, and I'm just like wow, that that really yeah. would be dominant, you know, if he had went there, but you know, he didn't go there and make that bulls. I mean, not yeah. yet. But, yeah, the Bears, they, they just have a lot to do. Um, Matt Nagy, this is like a make or break year for him, I feel like. he uh, it's, it's just been like the Bears have just been really, really mediocre and disappointed to me. They're really just disappointing to watch. And I think Justin Fields, he's going to bring that electric back to Chicago. And um, he's going to have to, he's going to get the fans to rally around him again. 100%. I, I don't disagree with you, brother. Don't disagree with you with there. Chris, how you like this young quarterback compared to Mitch Trubisky? Talk to me. Well, the, the Bears made the best pick in the draft. Period. All right. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Period. So now we move on to the next team inside the NFC division. We're going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Whoa, the Arizona Cardinals. Now, before we get into the to the draft selections, what do you, what's you got? What's your thoughts on the Arizona Cardinals as a team overall? Like, what do you think about them? I'll, I'll go first. I think. Uh... They really caught my attention since last year when they got DeAndre Hopkins. Like nobody's seen that coming whatsoever. The Texans are still uh, they're still reaping that as we speak. We've seen them go in a downward spiral ever since. Then you go out and pick up a guy on the defensive side like JJ Watt, who has a long uh, long injury history, but he's a veteran and he's still going to be like really really serviceable for them. So, uh, so and they also picked up AJ Green, 
in the uh, offseason. Like, there's all these shocking moves that seem to make perfect sense. I think they're, I think they're really, like, starting to put things together around Kyler, and they're, they're going to be scary this year. Definitely. No doubt in my mind. I mean, Brian, you thoughts on the Cardinals before we go to the Yeah, draft? Yeah, I agree. I'm definitely up and coming. They were so bad before they had Kyler Murray. I mean, he was a big spark to that team last year, especially with De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, just a great, great team right, uh, duo right there. Well, it's going to be one of the best for years to come because DeAndre Hopkins, he's, he's not young, but he's going to be around for a while. And obviously, Kyler Murray is is he's going to be around for a while. He's a young guy. So they're going to be a really strong duo for years to come. And DeAndre Hopkins looks like he loves being on that team. Um, so, yeah, and they've been – yeah, like you said, they, they're adding pieces around. Um, so they're building up. They're going to be a good team. Um, their draft was interesting. I know. I, their draft was interesting. I'm, before we touch on that, Brian, Chris, talk to me about the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was always that wide receiver. We all knew if he just had that Hall of Fame quarterback like most of the other quarterbacks, he'd be up there. Like It wouldn't be any debate with who was number one. You know, it would just be that guy right there. So what's your thoughts on the Cardinals? Two things. They One, they were the most disappointing to me last year. And two, they're now the, the most exciting team to me. Mm-hmm. I, I say disappointed because I felt like last year, I mean, was a breakout year for Christian Kirk. We all know what DeAndre Hopkins can do. Yeah. Kyler Murray improved. Ken Drake was a bad. And players in the defense like Hassan Reddick stepped up to the plate and performed better than well um, due to um, Chandler Jones getting injured. And they still didn't make the playoffs. Now, because they lost a couple games they could have won. I like the moves they made. I think, like um, Kyrie said, bringing in J.J. Watt, as a better experience, and he can help alongside um, Chandler Jones to get to pass rush. Um, they did have a very interesting draft, and I feel like they're going to struggle a little bit in the quarterback sense now that Patrick Peterson isn't there. Yeah. But I think it was time for him to go move on. It's true. I actually wanted to touch on, you know, the first round, uh, you know, selection the Cardinals made, a linebacker from Tulsa, you know, Zayvon Collins, and, you know, this, what was your thought? You know, he is 6'5", 260-pound two, linebacker. You know, he got that. He he definitely has the bulk with him, and he definitely has the athleticism with him. So, I mean, I just want to get your thoughts on him and overall, you know, what do you think he'll be able to contribute to the Cardinals and how he'll be able to elevate them? Yeah, let, me, let me go first on this one. Go ahead, go ahead Chris. Because I think – because I was actually very happy that they uh, made the selection because Isaiah Simmons, I don't even know if he should be a linebacker in the NFL. I don't think they know what to do with him yet. So bringing in a, another linebacker is going to help them figure out, like, all right, so is Isaiah Simmons he's a really- linebacker? We're going to put him at safety. Honestly, I feel like he should play safety at this point because he showed me last year that I don't think he has what it takes to be an NFL linebacker, but I know he's still very useful for that team. Oh, I mean, listen to me. And I and definitely there will be a test to see if he's actually a linebacker or not. He's able to produce as a linebacker because now he'll have competition with the rookie, Zayden Collins. So they'll be able to see how they can utilize him. I mean, Brian, what's your thoughts on Zayden Collins, you know, as a linebacker? Um, Hey, I mean, he feels a need at linebacker because they just lost Hassan Reddick, who was a very good linebacker. He had a game last year, uh, I think five sacks in a game, and he went up and left for – Carolina. So, um, yeah, we'll see how he does. All right. Be fair. I mean, Kyrie, Zayvon Collins, talk to me. I really like uh, from what I've seen from Zayvon Collins. I think he's going to be a really physical linebacker back there. He's one of the hardest hitters in the draft. And I don't think just his athleticism, his athleticism and just his 
it's, it's his intangibles to just be in the right place at the right time. It seems like all the time. I think he's gonna be. Uh, I think he's gonna be really good back there alongside Isaiah Simmons, who, like Chris said, he uh, he's shown flashes last year. Like he's shown a lot of flashes to me that I I I've really seen him being like a good like a good like central part to them like in the future. But he also does he also did struggle a lot in certain situations. But I think just I think another year under his belt is really gonna help. So him being lined up back there with them, I think that's gonna really. Uh, boost up the Cardinals defense and then he went out uh, I know we're only talking about first round but in the second round he went and got the receiver Rondell Moore who uh even though they're pretty stacked at receiver right now I think he's just going to be I think he's starting off he's going to be a really good guy to have as a reserve like if there are the injuries to be had like injuries that happen or whatever the case may be I think he's still a good backup option I think he's going to be really good coming uh in the future too Definitely. And I feel like, you know, it, like I said, I think this is a bright pick for the Cardinals. And I feel like, you know, they utilize him, you know, the way that they should, you know, to his strengths. You know, he'll definitely be an impact player, at least, you know, as a rookie from a rookie standpoint, he'll be able to do what he can do. But now we're going to go on to the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> All right. The Minnesota Vikings. They really did their damage in the third round, but their first round selection was Christian Derisaw, the offensive tackle from, from Virginia Tech. So tell me, man, I mean, how do you think he's able to impact the team coming in as a rookie and, and contribute to the team's overall success? I mean, Brian, do you want to touch on that first? Uh, yeah, I think going into the draft, they uh, tackle offensive line was one of their biggest needs because Kirk Cousins well, – <laughs> Added, had trouble behind that line last year. And, you know, he played well, and he's got good weapons to throw to. But, um, yeah, they that offensive line did not do very well last year, and that was hurting Kirk Cousins. And they, they I think they were thinking about going D-end as well. Um, but I, I like this pick, taking an offensive tackle um, in the first round. I love taking offensive linemen in the first round because that position is so important to football, and everything starts at the offensive line. Protects your run game, protects your quarterback – People don't always appreciate that if you're not into football so much. But, um, yeah, I do like take, them taking an offensive tackle. Um, and my roommate here in Philly, he's from Minnesota. He was excited that they took a tackle too. So. Ah, I yeah. know. You know some he Yeah, he had the, the Minnesota Timberwolves on yesterday. So, you yeah, know, yeah, he did. Minnesota sports thing. <laughs> I mean, Kyrie. So, listen, so their first round selection, the offensive tackle, you know, they pick Christian Darisaw. And the one thing about him, a lot of people don't understand, is like the talent level of this guy. The kid has talent. He has natural talent. He could be as good as he wants to be. He has the quickness, the smooth agility to get and block all, all blocks in a run game. Just what's your thoughts on him overall? How is he able to help the Vikings? So I think the uh I think the Vikings with this pick, they're pretty much sticking to the guns. What we've seen their game plan is uh, has been since they had Dalvin Cook. They're really a run-heavy team. And having a guy like this that can protect your quarterback and make gaps and holes for a running back like that, one of the best running backs that we have in the league right now, I think that's going to be really dangerous uh, for teams that's going up against the Minnesota Vikings. I really would have liked them to see them beef up their defense because I feel like their defense was subpar at certain times uh, during the season, especially in the red zone. They just seem to crumble in the red zone a lot. But um, a pick that I, I really – again, I'm, I'm deviating from the first round again. A pick that I really found interesting was the quarterback, Kellen Mond, uh, out of Texas A&M, who had a really good season. And um, a lot of guys were saying if it weren't for this deep draft class of quarterbacks, he would have he probably could have went first round. He was a first-round talent. But – I, that sticks out to me because there was rumblings that 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 didn't go well with uh 
with Kirk Cousins. That didn't really sit well with Kirk Cousins. So I'm really, I'm really anxious to see what goes on with that situation. No, that's definitely Sam. That's definitely Sam. And you know, like I said, this guy, he he could obviously come in and make some impact, you know, given, you know, how they're able to utilize him, you know, and the minutes come on, everything is, you know, is affected to him being able to shine as a first round selection. He has some expectations on him. So whether or not he'll be able to, you know, go ahead and you know exceed those or you know, at least play up to those expectations, we have yet to see. But Chris, what's your thoughts about, you know, the Minnesota Vikings first round selection? Just talk to me. I'm picking back up what everybody else said. I mean, like I said, they, I mean, it was very smart to take the offensive tackle because, I mean, like Brian said, Kirk Cousins, he didn't have a lot of time to throw the ball to the weapons he has. And, that's, and I think that's partially why Adam Thielen really didn't have a good year at all. So, I mean, I just think it was smart. Um, plus, they need somebody else that can help uh, give Dalvin Cook some running lanes. So we just great running lanes all the time, just wearing tearing his legs out. So, I think they played it safe, but I think it was a pretty smart pick, though. Sometimes playing it safe, you know, you know, I don't know. Sometimes playing it safe has mixed results, you know. Sometimes playing it safe, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm looking at it from, you know, a different sport perspective, like basketball. We've seen how playing it safe kind of turns, you know, it's a 50-50 gamble. Do you think that's the same way in the NFL when you pick, like, the safest prospect with your selection? You think that's a 50-50 gamble? Like you're betting on his talent isn't that high, but also his, you know, his, his, you know. He, he pretty much fills the needs that, uh, that your team is showing. I think is what Colin was trying to say, because I think he cut out again, but, uh, me, me personally, I think, uh, I think it's a little more forgiving in the NFL since there's seven rounds compared to the NBA where there's two. And it's, it's a lot easier to miss, um, unless you have like a plethora of draft picks in that, in that particular year. But um, I feel like with the NFL, it's a little more forgiving because you, you just have a lot more selections. So if you're not too sure about a certain pick that you might have like made like in a, in a uh, in a safe conscience or in a safe mindset, you can still go out and kind of like shoot for the stars in, in a later round. If you see a prospect that a lot of people are overlooking, and maybe you've seen something in him, or like your, your scout seen something in him that um, a lot of guys didn't see him, which which could be why he drops like maybe the fourth or fifth round. So I feel like with the NFL, it's a little bit it's a little bit better to play it safe. And that all right, I agree with you. I, I like your like your analysis. I can see your own perspective. So I can't disagree with it. I mean, I, I, I actually agree with it a lot. So we'll move on to the San Francisco 49ers. So this team has been full of mixed results over the past five years. You know, they made the Super Bowl one year with Jimmy Garoppolo, and then you know, the next year it was kind of like eh. And now in this year's draft selections, they picked a quarterback from North Dakota State, Trade Lance. Now, I had to really dig in and do some research on this guy because I really wasn't too aware of who he was as a prospect. Yeah. But, so, but you know, he, he won the Warren, Warren Payton Award, and, you know, he led his team to 16 straight wins for the SCS title. He's ranked second in yards per pass attempt. He got 2,786 total yards, and he was fifth in, he was fifth in the completion percentage. So, I mean, it, he, he sounds like an accomplished individual. I mean, he, he has to be. So what's your thoughts on, you know, Trey being the quarterback that they the Vikings decided – I mean, the 49ers decided to go with? Uh, I'll start off. So, like you said, Colin, Trey Lance was a guy I really had to dig into and watch a lot of tape, and I had to watch – I had to go and watch his pro days and stuff too just to, like, get an idea and feel for him. 
because uh, I know playing in North Dakota State, you're you're not playing like a lot of competition. But uh, I'm not gonna lie to you, I really love what I've seen from Trey Lance. He's a uh, he's like I think he coming out of high school, he might have been a linebacker, which was, which he was highly recruited for. He from what I see, I mean, from what I heard, he had like Big Ten offers to play linebacker or something like that. So that just goes to show like his versatility and his athleticism as a football player overall. But as a quarterback, I really think he he shot himself into like the, the top crop of this class just because one, his athleticism, his, ab- his ability to run the ball, but he also has a, a huge arm. And oftentimes when you see a guy with a huge arm, he often lacks a- accuracy, but I don't see that with him. Every, a lot of passes that I've seen were on the dock. And um, sure, he, he didn't have a lot of uh, experience at North Dakota State. He played for one full season. And then his his season this year was uh, shortened due to the COVID uh, due to COVID situation. But I really like this, and I think I, he, this is they're not in a situation where they had to throw him into the fire early either. Like they they still have Jimmy Garoppolo if they decide to keep him, which would be smart for them. So I think him being backed up, um, being a backup behind Jimmy Garoppolo, and just being able to learn the offense and get like a more comfortable feel for the uh, for like the NFL play for the NFL play pace. I think he's really going to be good. No, that's definitely true. And I want to explain it to Brian before I get to you, Chris. I mean, the last – he went to North Dakota State. Do you know You know a quarterback <laughs> went to North Dakota State? No, we don't. All too well. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so on, no like, hey, so you know, hey, he can even- uh, he, he cut out again, but <laughs> – no, Like, Colin, like what you were saying, though, yeah, like we were probably all like this. Like, his name's getting talked about. And I'm like, oh, shit, I, I haven't seen anything on this guy. I do some research. I'm like, there's no way this guy is really did this good. And I was I was surprised when he got taken at over three overall still. But, um, you know, I thought he was getting hyped up a little bit too much. And then I did my research. I was like, okay, this guy, he's got potential. And that's the main thing that they were talking about. And he's like a yellow light guy right now. But you know he's going to have that green light at some point. Um, great dual threat quarterback. I watched some highlights. And the majority of them were running running highlights. Uh, but, man, the kid can move. He's fast. He's agile. He makes incredible moves. Um, and he's throwing highlights. Yeah, down the field, too. Absolute dots, 50 yards down the field, which is crazy to watch. Um, but, yeah, a lot of things to learn there. Um, yeah, and, and like, like uh, Chris said, he gets to sit underneath uh, Jimmy G and learn for a little bit. And, you know, he, he might be starting in, on that team sooner than we think, but he gets to learn on a good team and, and a team with a lot of potential and a lot of good weapons, George Kittle to play with. Um, so, yeah, I'd, we'll just see how far he goes. All right. I mean, Chris, well, what's your thoughts on the North Dakota quarterback? Uh, I mean, I think it was a safe pick in terms of future references for that team because I don't think he's going to start right away because I don't think they're going to give it to Jimmy G just yet. But he's learning under a good coach and a good system with good weapons, like Brian said. So I feel like when he comes in, they're going to be dangerous. But until then, I mean, they're going to be – the point out is just going to be a competitive team. He could come in halfway through this year, which is what I'm predicting. He's going to be in probably about week eight, week nine. I'm predicting he's going to be starting quarterback by then. But I think it was a smart pick for the 49ers, and it's going to be good for their future. No, honestly, if if Trey can even have that season Carson Wentz had with us back in 2017, 2018, I think the 49ers could be absolutely content with him as their quarterback in the future. 
But we're going to move on to the next team. We're going to go to the Giants. So now their first-round selection was Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver from Florida. That was their first-round selection. Uh, a lot of people were high on him, you know, and a lot of people was actually they, – they, they loved the pick. They liked the pick. They thought it was nice. He has battled a lot of injuries. So it's something that you got to look at, you know, availability is the greatest ability. So that's one big concern with him. But overall, the athleticism, the talent, you know, he, he's just, it's all there. It's what you would, you know, you would want in a wide receiver. He could definitely help out Daniel Jones. What's your thoughts on him, Chris, uh, overall as a wide receiver for the Giants? What's your thoughts on him, Chris? Um, I think, I think the Giants is a little bit hurt, but they made up for it because I mean they needed another wide receiver. And, I mean, like I said, I don't really know much about him, per se. But, I mean, I think it was a safe pick. I mean, you're right, he does get injured a lot, but I know it's pretty fast. So, I think it was a safe pick. I mean, I mean, I mean Kyrie, what's your thoughts on, uh, you know, on the first-round selection of the Giants? What did you think? You Re- like- referring, to, referring to what Chris said about the Giants being a little hurt, um, them – not getting, not being able to get Devontae Smith like they reportedly wanted because the Eagles, thank God, we moved up and got him. But we'll talk about that later. But as far as uh, Kadari, so I think that was if they not getting Devontae Smith, I think getting him was like really the the, the next best option because he was he's in there, he's over in Florida with uh with Kyle Pitts and Kevin Tra- uh, Kyle Trash, and he just fit in perfectly. Like Chris said, he, he's a really fast receiver and he's really dynamic in the open field. Once he gets the ball, and he gets he's able to break away from the defense. And he's, he's also a hard guy to take down, too. So I think that was a really good pick uh, for the Giants, also because they have Saquon Barkley coming off a, a, a torn ACL. So you you really want to leave yeah, a lot of pressure off of him and kind of ease him back into, like, that high load-carrying uh, running back that he was before in his rookie season. So I really like the pick. I really like Darius Tony. Okay, okay. No problem. I mean, Brian, fellow Eagles fan, how do you feel about our division rival? <laughs> yeah, the- it, it- as an Eagles fan, it feels good seeing how the picks went out. We jumped over them <laughs> to take Devontae Smith. But um, honestly, they got, I feel like, a, a receiver pretty similar to, to Devontae Smith. In it. I mean, six foot as well, but, you know, just a fast guy, very explosive. It moves really well. One of his strengths, his strength listed here says, joints like rubber bands for instant change of direction. Just agile, moving around. Probably a guy that you could run out of the slot or maybe on the outside. Um, send him down the field. Um, so, yeah, you know, a guy that's going to make some plays hopefully for them. But, um, yeah, we'll see. And, yeah, like Chris said, Devontae Smith got picked, the pick before, and he was probably the next available, next best guy to take. So, um, and, yeah, played in good competition at Florida. Has played some of the best teams in, in college football. So, um, yeah, any any receiver coming out of Florida, I, I think – I would trust them to be pretty good. It's definitely battle tested. You know, the, the SEC conference is, is definitely tough. It's a real vicious conference. So we're going to move on. We're going to move on. We're going to look at the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, the Cowboys. <laughs> Man, they suck, don't they? All right, let's stop. Let's, let's, stop. <laughs> <laughs> let's go talk about their first-round selection, Makai Parsons, a linebacker from Penn State. Round one, the 12th selection of the draft. A lot of people was very high on one particular pick the Cowboys made is in the fourth round, the 10th pick, Jabril Cox. People love that pick for the Cowboys. I mean, you guys could, you know, 
give me your thoughts on the first round selection and you know Jabril Cox, the one that everyone loves. So I want to swing it up to Kyrie. So what do you think about Makai Persons, the first round selection for the Cowboys? So I think the I think the linebacker position was an obvious need for the Cowboys, considering how atrocious their defense was. Um, and that might have been just because of scheme, because they seem to have a lot of not I want to say talent, but a lot of very good pieces on their defense. They just weren't used right. But I think now under a new scheme. Michael Parsons, he's going to come in. He's going to fit in well for the Dallas Cowboys. I think he's going to make an instant uh, impact on defense, which they really need. They're already set on offense, especially when they get Dak Prescott back this uh, this season. So I think I think that was the best pick possible for them. All right, Chris, what's your thoughts on that? How you feel about Makai Persons, the first round selection, then Jabril Cox, the, the the fan favorite pick for the Cowboys? What's your thoughts on that one? I, I swore Michael Parsons will come to the Raiders, so I'm, I'm <laughs> disappointed. That's all, because they, they got they got a bull. They got a they, they got, got a bull. Some, they got something there. They got bull. I'm serious. <laughs> he's supposed to come to us. They got bull. He's supposed to come to the Raiders. All right, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm really high on McCoy Parsons. No, I am too. I just yeah. I love both the picks. I mean, Brian, if you look at her, you know, division, quote unquote rival. What's your thoughts on the draft selection? Yeah, man. I mean, he's he's a good player, and he's gonna be a good player. A guy I would love to have on the Eagles as a fan because the Eagles need linebackers big time. But you know, I I didn't think they needed to take Parsons. Um, you know, because I'm very happy with you know the wide receiver Devontae Smith taking him because they really need receivers. Um, but yeah, he's good, and he's just a perfect middle linebacker. Everything you need out of him. He's got speed, but he can hit hard. He's going to be a good – and obviously, like like someone said earlier, they just lost Sean Lee. So, um, you know, that's a hole that they filled up right away. So it kind of keeps that – what that defense looks like consistent from last year. Um, and, yeah, they've got so many weapons on offense. They don't really need to worry about it too much. So taking that that guy at um, in the first round was a good move for them, as much as I hate to say it. As much as I hate – as much as we hate – Say it, man, but don't worry. I had full confidence that we'll still kick the Cowboys' ass. So I, I'm a firm believer. <laughs> so uh, we're putting that aside, putting that aside. We'll go ahead and talk about the the Panthers. The Panthers. They were five eleven last season. The Panthers. Mm-hmm. So now they took a cornerback from South Carolina, the very first selection, the eighth pick, J.C. Horn. You know, and uh, one pick that was really that caught my eye was Tommy Trumbull, a tight end from Notre Dame. They had selected in the third round. I mean, just what's your thoughts on J.C. Horn, uh, you know, the, the Panthers, you know, first round selection, how he's able to c- contribute for the Panthers. I mean, you know, go ahead, Kyrie, you want to jump in this one? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, def- I honestly loved uh, J.C. Horn. And I was pretty set on taking him if the Eagles sat, like stood pat at the 10th pick, but I, he didn't even last there. But I was, if we sat at that 10th pick, that was the guy I was pretty much aiming for because I, I just love his play style. I love his game. Just watching his highlights and watching his tape, he really reminds me a lot of Jalen Ramsey, like mm. intangible-wise and attitude-wise. Like he's, he's just that nasty receiver. He's going to get up in your face when he makes a pass deflection, and he's going to let you know about it. He's just a guy. He's just super physical, and I, I think that was the perfect pick for the Panthers. They definitely need a guy like that just to have – have a team rally behind like a guy with a personality like that he's the son of a former nfl player joe horn uh, i believe he was a receiver for the saints if i'm not uh, mistaken so he he has that NFL, he has those nfl genes in him and i think the panthers are really happy with what they got all right okay i mean brian what's your thoughts on jc talk to me 
Panthers overall first round selection. Give me your yeah, thoughts. I mean, definitely a position that they needed. They, I just saw this 2020 last year. They took every single pick on defense. So yeah, defense <laughs> has been a need for them. And it still is. So yeah, like Kyrie was saying, echoing that. I mean, just a good eight overall. He was drafted where he's supposed to. So yeah, he'll he'll make a big impact. You know, on that team. So. Yeah, I don't see how he doesn't make a big impact. They'll, they'll definitely, you know, use him to the best of his abilities. I mean, Chris, what's your thoughts on the Detroit Lions' first overall selection? What's your thoughts on that? The Detroit, I thought it was all the Panthers, but okay. Sorry, the Panthers. Panthers, I'm sorry. Panthers. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Panthers. I mean, I think Patrick Sertan was the better cornerback, but Daisy Hall was definitely the second best if that's the case. In that scenario, so it's not like they made a bad selection here. They got something they needed, and like Kyrie said, he's somebody that's gonna elevate their defense, and and they need defense because the offense that's is basically legit. And it's and as long as Sam Donald learns that system, they're gonna be legit. They're gonna be they're gonna be nice. Uh, that sounds fair. I mean, that really sounds fair. So we're gonna move on to the next, the third to last team in, in the NFC division, the Detroit Lions, the team I just mistakenly said for the Detroit Lions, man. They traded away the only quarterback in history, Matthew Stafford, who I don't know will they ever get another quarterback that'll put up the same stats as Matthew Stafford, Chris. You you think so or no? I mean, I, they probably will, but Jared Goff ain't gonna be that guy. So <laughs> they won't he won't hmm. be that guy. So putting that, putting putting him aside, we're gonna talk about the first round selection. Detroit Lions made he drafted Penny. I cannot Penny. Sewell, an offensive tackle from Oregon. He was the first round, the seventh pick in the draft, uh, you know, and he went really high. So what's your thoughts about him overall as a prospect and how is he able to contribute to the team overall? I'll start because I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's going to contribute right away. Um, I think he's got the potential to be an all-pro, an all-pro lineman. Um, but I don't think it's going to be with the Lions per se. Like, I think he's going to like play his contract and leave unless the Lions like get a quarterback or improve their team. Cause I don't really like the pick for Detroit. I really didn't. Cause I think that's, I don't think they really need offensive linemen. They lost Kenny Galladay, but maybe looking at wide receivers, the defense still needs a lot of help since Darius Slay left. So I feel like it was a good, I mean, he's a good player, but I think he went to the wrong team. But they did draft him, in my opinion, a future all pro. Okay. I mean, it, uh, that's some high praise from Chris, man. Go ahead, Brian. The- yeah, I mean, yeah, Chris, you made a good point. I mean, they need players everywhere. It's the Lions. They, they've got nothing. They're working on nothing. But um, I I, I can almost never argue with taking an offensive lineman, especially this guy, you know, one of the best in the class, obviously, in the first round. Uh, you know, i huge on focusing on offense, on your offensive line from the draft building that, keeping them on that line. The Eagles did a good job with that for a while, and they've always had a good offensive line. And, you know, they drafted most of those guys. So you can almost – you never have too many good offensive linemen because they get hurt a lot. You need depth. And uh, what's great about them is they can play in different positions sometimes. He's an offensive tackle. Um, Sometimes tackle plays guard. I don't know if he plays guard or anything, but – Everything in football starts at the line on both sides of the ball, defensive line, offensive line. Uh, so, yeah, they really could have picked anything because they have so many holes everywhere, especially, like you said, cornerback on defense. They did take a corner out of Syracuse. But, um, yeah, I can never argue with taking an offensive lineman in the first round. No. It, you know, you made a really great point. You can never 
never can. That's definitely a great point. And so I definitely don't disagree with that at all, Brian. I mean, Kyrie, just what's your thoughts, you know, on the Detroit Lions first round selection? I mean, everybody really hit the nail on the head. I'm going I'm to piggyback off the, the point that Chris made, though. I really like Penny Sewell. I just didn't like him for the Lions. I had my money on the Bengals uh, drafted him, especially since what happened with Joe Burrow, him tearing his ACL hit early in his rookie season. Yeah. So I thought uh, I thought that was like the match right there. I thought that's who they were going after. But we'll talk about that when we when we cover the AFC teams. Overall, though, I really I really like Penny Sewell. I think he's going to do a good job of protecting Matthew Stafford. He's the guy that's going to go. He's going to handle his block assignment. Then he's on to the next block to keep the play alive. And I really like that. Um, a lot of guys like question his motor. Mm. And I feel like that that'll probably be his only like weakness, but I, I, I don't really, I, I don't really see that happen. I, I think I think he's gonna be fine there. Like I but like I said though, I just I just didn't see him going there. I don't, I don't necessarily like the fit here strong, in Detroit. Strong, strong belief, strong belief. No, can't knock you. But then we're gonna go to the second to last team in the NFC, the Atlanta Falcons. We all remember this team that will forever be known as the team that blew how many points were they ahead? I forgot 30, 32. I think they were up like 27 at halftime. Yeah. 25, 25 at halftime or something like that. The fun team to watch just because they you knew they they were gonna choke it out every time. Which is fun to watch. Right. But with their draft pick, I believe which was fourth overall, um Kyle Pitts. What do you guys think about Kyle Pitts out of Florida? He's he's good. I mean, he was one easily one of the best players in the draft. And if there weren't so many good quarterbacks and you know, those teams that didn't need quarter quarterbacks, he he would have been a He's a number one overall talent as Definitely. well. I mean, Definitely. Definitely. Just absolutely just a great guy. And he – the unit is huge, the tight end, but they also put him out spread wide out in the slot. I think they might have put him out wide sometimes. You know, he's all, he's got that wide receiver talent as well. So, um, he's going to be a really good weapon for that offense, especially for Matt Ryan throwing him the ball. Julio Jones being on the outside, whoever's playing against that offense is, is going to be worrying about a lot of weapons on that team. So that's that's absolutely true. I mean, Chris, what's your thoughts on on, on the Landing Falcons? What's your thoughts on their first round selection? I like I like the player. Definitely, definitely one of the best prospects in the draft. Po- possibly, definitely one number one overall talent. I don't like the team. I, I don't like it because I mean. Even though they, even though Hayhurst didn't really do anything last year, we still saw the Falcons do well offensively wise. I mean, Calvin Ridley had 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 a Pro Bowl season. And I don't think we think he made the Pro Bowl. Excuse me, Matt Ryan still was still consistent. I mean, you it's just other holes you had to fill. Your defense was atrocious, and adding Dante Flower obviously didn't do it. Not to mention you lost Kenu uh, Kenu Neal to the Cowboys this offseason. So again, I like the player. He's going to fit in well with that offense and. The offense is scary. So everything Brian said, I completely agree with. But I don't like I don't like him going to that. I don't like that pick to that team though. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Can't knock it. All right, Brian. Uh, My fault. Right. Right. No, no. Did Brian, did you give a take on it, Brian? I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Oh. All right. So now we're gonna move on to the last team in the NFC. Are you gonna skip me like that, Colin? Oh, Kyrie. I knew someone someone had it. Go ahead, Kyrie. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Yeah. But no, nah, I'm not gonna beat a dead horse. Like me personally, <laughs> I I thought he I thought he was the overall best talent in, in the draft. But it, it was it, the picks went based on need. 
And like Chris said, again, I have to agree with him again. They didn't need Kyle Pitts. They needed either a new quarterback to bring up other under Matt Ryan because he's not mm-hmm. going to be there. He's going to be there for, what, maybe another year, two max. They need another guy to get in there to to really, like, I don't know, to kind of, like, take that spot once Matt, once Matt Ryan is done and he's, he's not at his peak no more. He, he's, he's too far from his peak again. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Another guy I wish the Eagles would have grabbed. He's 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 the best talent in, in, in the draft right now. But I, I just don't think this this was exactly what they needed. Yeah. And I and I could get I could get going for him. Like I like I understand. Like you you have a guy like that at number four, and you don't really have a lot of defensive players that you want to pick in that range. Yeah, I could see going for it, but I, but it doesn't address the needs that they that they really have. Definitely okay. Can't disagree with you at all on that one. Can't disagree with you on that one. So we'll go to the the last topic, the last team, the best team in the whole NFL. Chris, who's the best team in the oh NFL? Boy, here we go. Colin, Colin, relax, relax, relax. I mean, we aren't talking about the same players. We're the best team right right now. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because we know they just won. The team is on the on the East Coast, man. It's on they're on the East Coast too, because you know they're in Florida. <laughs> next up, the next up body of water. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Come on, let's give it up. Yay, let's clap. Come on, Brian, clap with me. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad, but I'm not too excited. <laughs> not with this team, man. <laughs> no, I, I feel that. All right, let's talk about the Eagles draft selection. The best team in the NFL, man. The best team in the NFL. Let's talk about the draft selection. I know we all love the wide receiver. We all love yeah. Her first round selection. Let me listen. Let's go and talk about him. What what makes him so outstanding, and why why we desperately needed him, and why he fits inside of Philadelphia culture and what we had. Start. With. I will start. Go ahead, Chris. You're right. You guys got a great player. I agree. I hope you don't ruin him. I hope your system doesn't ruin him. Yeah. But then again, we don't know what the new system is going to be. Hey, 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 hey! No slandering, please. Let's be honest here. Listen, he, he is being honest. He's got a point. He is being honest. He's being yeah. really honest. Oh, right? and, and, and I thank him for it. Because right. at least somebody's being honest about our Eagles here. Listen, like, like somebody got to be because it won't be Colin. Uh, whoa. <laughs> oh, whoa. So okay. anyway, before I was really interrupted, great player. He he could fit in well. He can do everything that you need a wide receiver to do. I think he's going to be more so a slot receiver just because of speed, more so than the deep mm-hmm. th- than the wide out. But I could be wrong. But again, great pick. And it's going to be very interesting to see him catch a pass from Joe Flacco this year. Oh, oh wait a minute, man. Why would you even wish that oh, on him? Oh, come on. Why would you even wish that on him? Oh, it's a possibility. Oh, it's a possibility. Oh, it's a possibility. Oh, possibility. None of us want to face. <laughs> you know, None of us want to face that possibility. Nobody. Slow down, buddy. It is a possibility. Y'all signed it for a reason. It is, it is most definitely a possibility. Uh, he, I he believe doing? I believe Jalen Hurts will be the starting quarterback. But he has to be a starting quarterback. If it's not yeah. him, then I, I don't know where, where we're going at this point. Like, what's the game plan? But go ahead, Chris. Also, the thing I need to say. Well, you said, all right, listen, Brian, talk to me, man. Yeah, I, I was really, really excited. Couldn't be more excited to have this guy. Um, and one of the big, greatest things about it is that he's – Got his old quarterback from Alabama for I think they were two years together, maybe maybe three. Um, but yeah, they've got they've played together before they know each other. They've got some chemistry. Sure, it's been some time since they've they've played on the field together. But 
Um, that's going to be exciting to watch. And I do think – I think Jalen Hurts will will make big steps this offseason and he'll, he'll struggle here and there. But, um, you know, I expect him to be the starting quarterback, and I think the team wants him to be the starting quarterback. I don't think they want Joe Flacco to be the, to start, but if he needs to – we, I'm sure we'll probably see him playing. But, yeah, Devontae Smith couldn't be more excited. And, yeah, you said he would be good out of the slot. Because of his size, his speed, he fits well more in the slot. Although just because of pure talent, you could see him out um, spread wide. And that is his um, – that was his position in Alabama. And I think that just adding him does huge – things for that wide receiver room. I think um, because Jalen Rager, you could also put him in the slot. He's kind of designed for the slot as well. So if you put Devontae Devontae Smith out wide, Greg Ward or Travis Fulgham on the other side, you got three decent receivers that really got to spread coverage, and that's going to open things up for uh, Jalen Rager in the slot, Um, really open things up for all of them. It's not the most talented wide receiver group, but I think, you know, having a decent, you know, some depth there now, um, and if they can get Travis Fulgham playing like he did for a couple of weeks last year, um, you know, I think we might see this offense take some big jumps. Um, and I think the big one of the best things I love these guys, but I, I'm glad they finally got rid of Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson because great players, but they couldn't get on the field. And I, I wish they could be on the field and, and be playing with them, but. But once they were healthy, they brought them back, and they like Travis Fulgham was one of the putting up some of the best stats in in the league for a couple of weeks. And then Aga, um, not Aguilar, Jeffrey comes back, and they start playing him more. And then it is kind of tossed Fulgham back on the bench, and that didn't help them anything. So whatever obligation they had in their heads to play those guys when they could, I thought hold that held them back. But um, you know they've got some younger guys in there now, so hopefully we'll see we'll see this offense take some jumps and, you know, if Jalen Hurts is playing, I'm, I think we'll see some good play. Out of him. You know what? I, you know what? I wanted to, before I touch on what you said, Brian, go ahead, Kyrie, go what you thought about the best team in, you know, the whole NFL. Get some as, as an Eagles fan, this is probably, this is probably the most, <laughs> wait, what was that? We're not talking about the Buccaneers, so stop it. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> But as an Eagles fan, this is probably the most excited I've been after a draft. Like getting a guy like Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner, of course. I think it's going to be is like like uh, Brian said, it's going to do big things for our, um, our wide receiver, our wide receiver room, and our wide receiver court. Um, I don't expect the Eagles to do much because we're we're a bit of a in a in a rebuild mode. So I'm not I'm, I don't have high expectations for this team. But the the upside and the in the the potential of this team, I think it it, it took a mile step ahead drafting Devontae Smith. And then just the other guys we got in our draft, um, also the the old lineman from uh, Alabama. I can't remember. Uh, Landon Dickerson, another oh, Alabama guy. I think he's going to be huge for us in protecting uh, Jalen Hurts while he's out there. And I, I, I just like the building blocks we did during this draft. And I, and I, like, the, I like the direction we're heading into. Like Chris said, though, we just got to see I'm, – I'm really just eager to see what Sirianni has us doing offensively and defensively because we got a whole new, a whole new coaching staff. And uh, we just don't know how things are going to be. So that, that's the only thing I'm anxious to see. Okay. I mean, I, there's a running back that we had drafted in the fifth round, Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. What's your thoughts? He's really good, too. Okay. Yeah, he, he's really good, too. I like him. Yeah, he, he's a really good running back. Um, and I watched him play a little bit, a couple games, past couple years against Temple. And it, it was weird. I'm like, 
surprised at first. I'm like, we didn't really need running back. We could have used that, you know, somewhere else on a linebacker. For whatever reason, year after year, the Eagles always ignored linebacker position in the draft. It annoys the hell out of me because, dude, the linebackers have been terrible for a couple of years. Um, but, yeah, Kenny, Kenny came. I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, can't have too many good running backs, I suppose, um, as long as you don't have too big of a hole in other positions. Um, I'm excited to have him. But, yeah, I, I thought the Eagles would be taking the linebacker a little bit higher. Um, and, again, they just, they just kept ignoring it. At, um, yeah, in the second not- round, those two guys, the guy uh, KOP, He's got a really long, crazy name, so I'm just going to stick with KOP from Notre from, Dame. Uh, from Notre Dame. Hey, yo, I was screaming at the TV to pick him, yo. I was screaming yeah. at the TV to pick him up. He was the best player on the on the, on the the board, and he dropped all the way down to them at, at the sixth pick in the second round. And there was a Georgia guy, and there's a good was a good linebacker, uh, Bolton from Missouri. But we, all, we we also had picked up a cornerback from Texas Tech with the, four, the fourth round with the 18th pick, uh, Zach, Zach McPherson. So, Zach McPherson, yeah. Zach McPherson. So, I mean, just what's your thoughts about him? How do you think he, he contributes? Um, I, I'm not sure. Like I said, this is this is a rebuilding year for the Eagles. So, I, I expect a lot of these guys to get a lot of playing time and to get a lot of snaps. But it's, it's, it's just going to be experience at this point for us. It's not we're, not we're not expecting them to come in and help us make the playoffs or anything like that. I think – the outside of the draft, the moves our rivals like the Giants and the uh the foot the Washington football team and the Cowboys done in the offseason definitely dwarfed us. And they became and all three of those teams became a lot better. So I don't I don't really see uh, I don't I didn't see us take a, a that big a step as far as free agency, but this draft it, it's it's just for it's just for the future for us. So basically you don't see us making the playoffs this upcoming season, huh? I, I I'm honest, bro, I don't. Really? Okay. Yeah. Why? Anything can happen in this crappy division because it'll be the same thing in the NFC East. All these teams are going to be bad. Well, I don't know if, if Dak Prescott's healthy, then that, I think they might they be the front runner. But um, with a division like with a division division like this, though, it's not about who's bad; it's about who's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's just a race not to be the best, but to not be <laughs> crazy. Okay. So that concludes episode 37 of the Restricted Zone podcast. I'm very sorry we did not touch on any basketball topics. Uh, this, this particular aspect of the episode was very long, and we don't want to hold up too much time. But I, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. We will cover the AFC division and each team's draft selection, give our own opinions and analysis as well. So hopefully you enjoyed this. And if you enjoyed this, hopefully you'll tune in for the next episode. I want to give a big shout-out to Brian. Thanks a lot for hopping in this. I love, I love everything you said. He was really informative and definitely can't wait for you to hop on the next episode, man. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yo, Brian, you, you invited to every episode, bro. Yeah, appreciate <laughs> it, fellas. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Whatever, bro. I fuck with it. <laughs> and definitely, Brian, and definitely uh, tell everyone your social media so you know everyone can follow you. And definitely, uh, you know, so what's your Instagram? Just drop your Instagram name. We'll take it off from there. Yeah, I got First and last name just smashed together. It's B-R-I-A-N-M-A-T-H-E-I-S. Brian Mathias, just straight up. Uh, absolutely. And we'll also put the inside of the, inside of the description if you guys weren't able to catch that. So don't worry. So you'll get a chance to follow yeah. 
Yeah, so we appreciate you guys for tuning in to Restricted Zone Podcast. We upload every week. We will be consistent. And definitely, thanks a lot for tuning in to us, streaming us on Apple, Spotify, you know, et cetera. We, we appreciate it. And it only makes us, want to go, it makes us want to work harder. So we'll keep doing it. Thank you, guys. Have a great day and have a blessed week.